Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. A bunch of Silicon Valley tech companies have made very public statements to stand up to racism. And if you unmask those statements, you'll still find very white and very male companies. And employees of color consulting these companies on issues of race, often for free. Not only do these employees not get paid for this work, but a lot of them go into it with the understanding that it could potentially hurt their careers. Lack of diversity in the tech industry has been a problem, and the burden to call out that problem has been put on workers of color. Today, the unpaid labor of black tech employees working to make tech better. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit Donate kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. After the protests, tech companies felt pressure like most of corporate America to put out a statement or demonstrate their support for Black Lives Matters. And in most cases, they turned to their employee resource groups, in particular, their Black employee resource groups. Natasha Tiku is based in the Bay Area and reports on tech culture for The Washington Post. And she recently spoke to several tech workers who volunteer in employee resource groups to help their companies be better in all sorts of ways. Employee resource groups are employee-led volunteer organizations inside tech companies, um, you know, that are typically formed around affinity groups. So, um, you know, race, gender, sexuality. And the idea is that, you know, it helps marginalized employees have a sense of community inside the company. So why are these employee resource groups so important to tech companies? Right. Well, as we've seen over the past 
five or six years that the tech industry has been extremely focused on, um, at least publicly, on its diversity efforts, the numbers haven't really changed with underrepresented minorities. So that sense of belonging is really crucial. And the employee resource groups are, you know, the, the folks I talked to said they're the reason that people come to the companies, they're the reason that people stay in the companies, and they're oftentimes the reason that people even stay in the tech industry. Natasha says these kinds of diversity employee resource groups are common in the tech industry. And really, they're common in other industries too. Even KQED has ERGs. That's because in the workplace, people of color aren't represented enough at the top. Basically, tech companies are predominantly white, Asian and male. And there has been some progress in recent years in um, increasing the number of white and Asian women. However, uh, the percentage of Latinx and Black employees and Indigenous employees are uh, typically under 5%, I would say. And, you know, that's that's high in some places. When you look at just the technical staff, it's even lower. And when you look at senior leadership, it's even lower. And so how does the role of employee resource groups work in that in that context? So uh, for Black employee resource groups such as um, Blackbirds at Twitter, Mahogany at Slack, or Black at at Facebook, there's this interesting power dynamic where they often have the ear of leadership. You know, they might be able to get a meeting with the CEO, um, you know, be in meetings about things that are far above their pay grade, um, you know, because companies want to hear what the ERGs have to say, you know, and they often take them as representatives for their communities. Black ERGs might also be called into product meetings or feature meetings or public policy meetings that affect people from their community. And yet at the same time, you know, they don't get additional time off for this work. They don't get additional pay for this work. And uh, these functions are, um, you know, vital to tech companies, as we've seen in recent years. These should be somebody's job, but sometimes it falls on the ERGs. So since the killing of George Floyd, how have these ERGs stepped up in tech companies? Almost everyone uh, that I talked to from uh, black ERGs at tech companies since George Floyd's death have said the amount of hours they have to spend has increased drastically. You know, they were called in to look at their executives' emails, look at company statements on uh, Black Lives Matter. Some cases, they saw announcements that their company was donating to, um, you know, different social justice causes and that their ERG would be in charge of allocating the funds. Some companies like Cisco have pledged to donate millions of dollars to the Black Lives Matter movement and other organizations aimed at fighting and ending racism. Apple has pledged not only to donate, but to also match employee donations throughout the entire month of June. This is all work that they have been hoping and pushing for their employer to do for years. So it's a very, um, you know, complex 
response to what's happening now because they're excited that people are listening. And then there's also the frustration that, hey, we're not telling you anything different right. than we've told you for the past, you know, five years. And it's great that you're listening now, but this also means like 10 extra hours at my job, you know, so it's just, it's just this uh, really fraught relationship. I mean, so it sounds like there are some benefits in terms of making people feel like they have community, maybe they have the ear of, you know, the tech company's leadership, but it almost sounds like a second job. Are members of the ERGs getting paid extra to do this work? No, they're not getting paid. And I I think that the discussion about pay has become uh, louder recently, in part because it has been six years where we have seen tech companies um, emphasize their diversity efforts and yet little change has happened. Um, You know, a lot of the people that I talk to work in completely unrelated departments, public policy, um, engineering, uh, you know, product managers, and, and they like their jobs, but they're worried that if they don't spend the time doing this, that no one will do it. You know, not only do these employees not get paid for this work, but a lot of them go into it with the understanding that it could potentially hurt their careers. Um, You know, so what happens if you are, say, an engineer and, um, you know, it comes time for a performance review, your work on the ERG is not counted as part of your job, you know, even though it's benefiting the company, you're doing this solely to benefit the company's brand um, and its ability to recruit and retain people. And, uh, you know, a lot of people said they believed that they were not promoted or not um, given the pay raise because of their work on the organization. Um, You know, even if you're meeting with the CEO and he's behind you, your manager might find it to be a distraction from your job. Were people you spoke with happy to do this work? I would say that it's complicated. Um, You know, every single person said they do this because they are extremely passionate about these issues. You know, they do this um, understanding that it could hurt their career, understanding that it won't benefit them, certainly that it won't lead to higher pay or promotion and that they could, you know, if they if they're kind of affiliated with diversity issues, um, especially in the tech world, that's seen as sort of like a soft skill, a social Mm -hmm. skill, non-technical, which is a feedback that a lot of women get, um, you know, amorphous, um, uh, not unclear feedback um, that that this that this kind of work contributes to. So they're extremely happy that companies are paying attention, but they also have a, a very uh, acute awareness that attention might switch at any moment. And that's why they're pushing so hard. It's a like a a gratefulness combined with a frustration. Um, you know, it's it's the same feeling I think a lot of us uh, are feeling in in the news industry um, and across corporate America as we're trying to push people in positions of power to listen and make change. Since the killing of George Floyd and all the protests that happened, companies sound like they've been asking their ERGs to to step up and and do some really serious work reflecting, you know, as a company. So do the employees who are part of these ERGs feel like there is any momentum from these protests, from companies saying they want to do this work? 
So I've actually, you know, this this power dynamic has existed for a while, and I've been wanting to do this story for years. And part of the reason that these um, employees were willing to speak to me now is because they um, they understand that there could potentially be only a short window of time where companies care about these issues. Um, uh, Marquise Francis, who uh, works at Verizon Media, who leads their 450-person um, Black ERG, you know, he was telling me that even though his workload is insane in terms of his actual job, he's willing to put in those additional, you know, 10 hours a week because he doesn't want to be the only black person in the room the next time that this happens. And I think that's a sentiment that was shared across the board. So you report on tech and tech culture uh, in the Bay Area. Why do you think that this is such an important story? You, you mentioned how you've been wanting to do this for years. So why do you think this is such an important story, especially here in the Bay Area? Technology companies, media companies, they are they shape our culture. You know, they shape the products and services that we use. They shape the way that we um, that we perceive information, what we have access to, the way we understand the world. And you know, we are holding ourselves back from from better products, more accurate information, a better understanding of the world by not having these voices in positions of power. Natasha says what tech employees of color want is change in senior leadership. Because there's this feeling that unless you get representation at the top, you can't have representation throughout. They want the people in power to understand that they may need to relinquish some of their power in order for change to be made. Natasha Tiku reports on tech culture for The Washington Post. We'll leave you a link to her story in our show notes. Also, before I let you go, we've got a special episode of The Bay coming to you this Friday and also a special series all next week. The coronavirus has changed pretty much everything about our lives and shown how precarious life is for millions of workers in America. Reporter Sam Harnett has been reporting on the past, present, and future of work. This Friday, we'll bring you a preview of that series, which starts on Monday. The Bay is produced by Erica Cruz Guevara and our editor, Alan Montecilio. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for us. Talk to you next time. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.